What's up, guys? I'm Jack Noll, and this is Decoding Athletes with myself and Nick Bright. Yeah, and I can see, Jack, you are joining me once again from the southwest, uh, your gym uh, at the back of your garden. Well, actually, I don't even know where it is in relation to your house, but the gym, which is somehow connected to your house. Uh, how's it going? <laughs> I'm still in here, mate. I'm still. I've not. I've not actually left. So uh, yeah, mate. It's going well. It's not. Not going too bad. Living there. Um, right. Well, today I'm. I'm very excited about this one because it's all about you, Jack. Your sidelines. So essentially, the things you like doing away from rugby. You know, when you clock off, uh, when you leave. Uh, you know, the, the Chiefs behind for for a night or whatever, and it's the stuff that you do in your spare time. And I'm fascinated by this stuff anyway because I feel like you can tell a lot about a person, about what they do in their spare time. So, you know, you got you got anything for us right away, what you like getting up to? It used to be a lot more interesting, if I'm honest. <laughs> uh, having two, two, two kids now, it's kind of uh, slowed down a little bit. But, you know, there's a lot of positives of that as well. But um, I don't know, briefly, mate, anything to be fair, anything away from rugby, which sounds very weird. You know, I've got loads of little things in my house where like, I've got almost little, little rules uh, inside the house, which works very well with me and my partner. There's, there's nothing to do with rugby inside my house, which is weird to think that, you know, a lot of players would have shirts hung up or photos or anything like this. But the, the rule I have in my house is there's nothing to do with rugby. You must have, though. Surely you've got like a medals room or like so you, mu- you must have something somewhere that's got, got some rugby in it. I, I don't really have anything. Like I, I, My medals, I think, that I've won and trophies and stuff. Uh, I think up in the attic right in a box which you know don't get me wrong I'm not ungrateful or anything like that but I just feel that that's what keeps me fresh like I don't like to dwell on stuff that I have achieved and done because I kind of I'm still in the middle of it at the moment so you know maybe when I retire in a few years time and uh, that could be my chance to look back and see what I've done but you know at the moment there's there's absolutely nothing (laughs) fair enough um well speaking of retirement and 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 this is all about sidelines like we say and, and we'll come to things that you want to do when you retire. Tell me about these budgie smugglers that I'm I'm seeing all <laughs> over the place. So these are these are basically really tight swimming trunks, right? Budgie smugglers, mate, aren't they? No, not huggers. <laughs> so, so how did that happen? It is a bit of a weird story. Um, so I, I, I met the guy that actually started the budgie smuggler brand and they are literally Speedos, mate. They're a pair of swimming shorts, trunks that i i i wear because i play i wear them when i'm playing rugby so i wear them under my shorts um you know they're very protective and then i and i I actually met that guy that did it and then they sent me a couple of pairs and i thought these were awesome i actually became pretty good friends with him and then they really wanted to tap into the rugby marketing uh side of it so i kind of helped along with that as well and believe it or not a lot of players like to wear them and what's even better now is a lot of players are wearing them on the beaches uh and stuff like that which is where they want to get to so you can imagine you know, 12 to 15 blokes on a beach all wearing their, their budgies. Yeah, it's, it's fair to say that they don't leave much to the imagination, one. And two, <laughs> they're like, it's not like, they're, they're not very kind of incognito. They're pretty out there, these budgie smugglers. Tan lines, mate. <laughs> I don't want board short tan lines down to my knees. Um, no, they are. And, and they're fruity. You know, the, the best thing I like about them is they have a lot of fun with it. They make any kind of... They're for any size, any shape. So if you're confident enough to wear them, you can wear them. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much basically it. And the good thing about it is they have fun with it as well. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's, it's, it's all to have a bit of a laugh. I think it offends a few people that we wear them, but I've had a few dodgy looks, but I've actually had a dodgy look from my from my partner wearing them once. <laughs> and, that, and that was when we took our daughter swimming for oh the first my. time in a swimming pool. <laughs> and I didn't think there was anything wrong with it, mate. Like, and she was like, Jack, 
you're there with four other mothers, four <laughs> other fathers and their kids. You cannot be wearing budgie smugglers in this kid's pool. And I was like, well, why not? I wear them down the beach. So I'm going to wear them now. It'll be, I mean, it'll be even more embarrassing for them when the kids, when they get older, if you're still doing that, that's for sure. Mate, I'll be 50 wearing them. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Already, when they see this back or hear this back in the future, they'll be like, dad, why? Why? Uh, I, I, I wanted to ask you about the, the tattoos. I mean, you get a lot of attention for these anyway when you're playing. And I'm I'm a big fan of tattoos anyway. I've got quite a few myself. Nowhere near as many as you though. You're you're absolutely covered in tats, right? Now I'm actually injured again. I want to try and get my back done during this time because there's a lot of empty space on there at the moment. You want to get so you looking to get the whole the whole back done? Is that is that what you want? Yeah, I want to get on. I want to try and get my whole back done. I want to try and get a bit of a a bit of a life piece of you know my my old man's covered in tattoos as well. But the fishermen they used to. This time my dad got them. They were coming from sea. They would normally take a taxi, you know, three hours up the road. They'd go get a tattoo. They'd get a taxi back. That's the sort of thing they used to do. Um, So my dad, my dad's, I've always grown up with them, my uncles. So it's something I've always been around. Um, And then as my dad was getting them, uh, as I was getting older and older, I was liking them. I was like helping him, you know, design them a little bit as well. So he's actually got one of his sleeves done. uh, And I want to try and take a few few little ideas from that and try and get it put into my back that's 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 actually really nice because it's um you know family connection and a good story like most of mine are um completely about nothing people always ask me like <laughs> oh you know what why have you got that well and i'm like just look good Man, I'm, I'm with you on yeah. that as well uh, i've got a few of them <laughs> you, you've got both your arms your chest uh you've got all sorts what's the longest you've you've sat in a session for do you think oh mate eight eight plus hours and then the worst I've done is, uh, I was actually my left arm. I did, I think I did eight hours on one day and then I did eight hours the next day as well, which, so I did back to back just because I think I was actually uh, fit and playing at, at this time. But you know what it's like, mate, you get a cancellation. They're so busy down there. They're so good at civilized tattoos in Exeter. They're so busy down there that they quite often drop me a tech and say, look, we've got a couple of hours free. You can pop down if you want. So one of these days, they had two days back to back free. So I was like, right, let's do it. And I pretty much smashed out a full a full sleeve in a couple of days. Because that's the worst bit about it is I, I don't mind getting them done. Like I'm one of those guys that kind of doze off a little bit in the chair as well, which is you. a bit of a I weird one. I hate you. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, mate. <laughs> but it's the, it's the healing time after. So obviously with us, when I am fit and I'm playing still, I've got to get that done. And then I go and train the next day. So I had both my, I've had both my hands done. So I've had my daughter's names on both my hands. Um, and I had that done and then I was training the next day. So I was sliding oh on the grass my God. and I hope, like, luckily enough, it's healed up well enough, but there has been a few times where I've had to go back down there and they've had to touch it up a little bit cause I've cut it or, or something like that. But you know, if, if I get away with it, I get away with it. I just wanted to ask you about fashion actually, cause this is something that's quite, quite big in your world now as well. I believe you're, you're getting into the world of fashion yourself. I'm trying to mate. Yeah, I'm trying to during, uh, during our first lockdown a few months back, I, um, I joined up with one of my mates uh, and yeah, started our own clothing clothing brand pretty much. It's called Mustard, mate. Mustard, nice and simple. But it literally, like he he started it for probably about five years ago uh, before me. Um, I actually went to college with with his partner as well. And he sent me a couple of t-shirts up one day and was like, look, do you mind chucking this on? Players get it quite often where they get a few stuff put in them. Do you mind having a picture of this? Uh, put it on your Instagram, all this. So we get we get quite a lot of that. But I put his mustard stuff on and I actually like, I love the t-shirts. I love the jumper. I kind of fell in love with it straight away. And it was the first time I've been given something where I kept wearing it because it fitted well. It wasn't skinny. It wasn't too baggy. Um, and it, it survived 10 washes plus, yeah, if yeah. you know what I mean? So I, so during lockdown, it's something I've wanted to get into. I was like, 
it's, it's so, such a struggle to find clothes that fit rugby players because mm. we're such a weird shape. You know, I'm five foot 11. I say six foot now and again, but I'm five foot 11. And then trying to get jeans or a t-shirt or anything like that fits me is impossible. And this stuff fit me to, to a T. So I was like, do you know what? So I took a punt. I gave him a, I gave him a message during lockdown. I said, look, mate, I want to try and get into, uh, into your world a little bit. Um, instead of finding clothes to, to fit me, I just want to make my own, to be honest. And he was buzzing, mate. He was buzzing to hear that. So we've kind of been working together now for just under a year. Mm. And yeah, we're doing we're doing pretty well, to be fair. All right. Um, well, skinny, you talk about the, the body shape. Skinny jeans for rugby players must be uh, absolutely <laughs> <laughs> impossible to find. But looking good is actually clearly very important to you based on what we've just been chatting about. So where I want to go next, I mean, if you're watching the video for this, um, you'll, you'll be, I mean, this, this is a topic that's close to my heart. I want to talk hair. So that, that's where we're headed <sighs> next. And I, and I want to welcome onto the show um, your barber, actually, uh, Rob Bishop. Let's uh, <laughs> let, let's welcome him on. Bar, bar, barber Rob, he should should pop up any second now. Rob Bishop, what's going on, mate? You all right? Really good, really good. Thank you very much. I'm in my car and I've, n- I've never done one of these before, a podcast. I feel I'm quite nervous. <laughs> Jack gets training for this, doesn't he? I don't get any training. I don't get training for this, mate. He's used to it, isn't he? The more famous he's become, <laughs> mate, that's what it is. It's ridiculous, isn't well, you, it? Actually, actually, Rob, you must have you must have seen it. How, how long have you been doing oh. Jack's hair for? Four and a half, yeah. five years now. And and in that time, have, have you have you noticed kind of you know the, the the Exeter Chiefs have become more successful, of course, and you know has Jack changed at all? In his attitude, <laughs> well, has the, has the pain got to Jack? <laughs> well, you What's said it, wearing? mate. I'm in my, I'm in my cotton shorts. Not at all. Look, he looks normal. <laughs> He's like your average man down the street. No, <laughs> no. He, do you know what? Like the what? Well, I think one of the best things we do a couple of uh, football players as well, or we do a few football players. But um, there's a there's a massive difference between the football and the rugby. In as much as the rugby players tend to be really grounded. And I'll tell you one of the good things about Jack is, and I'm not, this is it though. This is it. <laughs> I think I'd only cut his hair a couple of times. He offered us to go to a, to watch a match. He said, oh, do you want tickets? And I was like, oh yeah, that's really nice. Thanks, Jack. And we met his mum. We met his dad. We met his little brother, Frankie, who's an awesome little lad. And we met his missus, Zoe. And ever since then, there's no airs and graces. It's just, they're just normal Cornish family and it's genuinely really us awesome. so there's no airs and graces with jack <laughs> you you're well enough over there jack in it that's it now there's yeah no that's it now that's the nice stuff you know now he's gonna I'm be done. himself jack sent me that as the script is that all right <laughs> oh yeah that's the bit you sent me as the script <laughs> pre-planned um I-, I wanted to ask how you how you started doing you know the player's hair was it just one of them come to you and then it, it rolled on like that yeah so there was a lad um Nobody's really heard of him called Sam Hill, who used to. Who used Mate, to he's old news now. He's not even one of us anymore. So we shouldn't even. Can we, can we, can we blank his name out? Because he's not a chief anymore. He's a shark. So we, let's just yeah. let's eradicate that. So there was a lad called who used to come in. So he came in once and then he obviously enjoyed himself. And then. And then they just started coming in. But Jack's, Jack's one of the first. I think Sam Luke. No, Luke was later. I think. Sam Murray Lowe, a guy called Murray Lowe, and Big Dave, Big Dave Preds, and Jack were the first. And it, it, I don't know why they came. I don't know. I think because Sam had a nice time. I think there used to be a player there whose missus used to cut hair, and then she went 
they moved yeah, to Hong Kong yeah. or something, I think. And then, so they all were looking for a new barber. I think I was just the right place at the right time, to be honest. The reason I came was because, remember, Big Dave went the week before me. He was like, mate, yeah, I went out to credit and I got my hair cut. There's a guy called Rob Bishop out there. And I had my rat's tail at the time. Yes, you did. And he was like, I, I guarantee you now, you go out there, mate, he'll love your tail. And then what did I do? I went out the next week, showed you it, and you're like, yep, yeah, love that, Jackie boy. <laughs> I love that tail. I love that tail. But we've got the tail. It's in still the shop, framed yeah. in the shop. Yeah. So no way. Yeah. It was you still framed it, in the shop, along with a broken TV. Oh, with a yeah, that was, my, that was my bad. That was your fault as well, though. So we used to have this apprentice called Harry. And basically, when the players came in, we had Creditor and Rugby Club, which is our local rugby club, and then the Exeter Chiefs. And when they come in, we get them to throw, uh, do a pass and throw a <laughs> rugby ball at our apprentice, Harry. So he'd try and catch it and he'd gauge who had the hardest throw. And then they'd go on this leaderboard. So right. Jack came in with Dickie, uh, which is Luke, Karen Dickie. Yeah. And uh, because they, they went to do a real <laughs> oofing throw and the ball just spiraled right into the telly and put a hole in the telly. And it was all very embarrassing. <laughs> But Jack, uh, Jack signed the telly for us. Which is nice. <laughs> we auctioned it off. Got like 20 quid from charity. <laughs> Do you actually rate Jack's hairstyles then? Because he's had a few. I mean, let's be honest. Does he come in and say, with pictures of celebs and say, can I have that? Can I have this? Do you know what? He does, but it's not a picture of a celeb. He'll, cu- he'll send me a random <laughs> picture. So I think maybe he had a normal haircut for about two weeks after the rat's tail. And then he sent me a picture of a girl holding a baby. <laughs> and she was on her knees. She had this baggy green jumper. I do remember. And she had this kind of top. She had a top knot. She had a top knot, but it was a real low fade for the top knot, like halfway around her. Yeah, I do, do remember, remember, yeah. And he said, is this achievable? And I was like, oh, my God. I said, it is. I love it. I love it. So then we, and then it's always a process for yeah. you, isn't it? You'll get an idea in your head, and then we'll work towards it. You'll achieve it, and then obviously everything changes, then, doesn't it? Because there's something new. There's a different one we have to do, and that's pretty much what happened. Jack, in your opinion, who's got the best style or hair at the club? Oh, do you know who I'm very, very jealous of? And Rob will back me up on this. Actually, no, Rob. Rob hates the fact of his hair because it's so hard to cut. It's Dave Ewers, isn't it? Oh my god! But what a man! <laughs> oh, what a man! But Dave Ewers' hair, he. So men, when they get older, obviously have a receding hairline. Dave Ewers has a proceeding hairline, mate. He, <laughs> his hair is so thick. When he goes in for a little haircut um, with Rob, Rob's in there for about an hour and a half just trying to get through his hair because it's like this We have to re- Everything afro. needs resharpening. <laughs> yeah, it does. It blunts your scissors, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's got proper strong hair. Yeah, like his strong body. <laughs> I'm extremely jealous. He's got strong you know, hair. Mine, even though I've got like you know, you can if, if you're watching this, you'll be able to see. But yeah, my yeah. hair is like quite quite thick. Um, but at the front, at the front, and that it's starting oh, to go. Do a bit, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's starting to go. You know, might might have to get the old Wayne Rooney at some point. You know, hopefully it, uh, it lasts a bit longer. That's that, that's what I'm hoping for. So Dave's is growing forward. <laughs> <laughs> it's trying to trying to meet with his eyebrows. It's Literally, down. is it's coming down. It is. Very jealous. Very <laughs> jealous. He's got amazing hair as well. Rob, it's, it's, uh, it's great chatting to you and great hearing some stories from, from the shop and, and all of that stuff. I mean, you must have way more, but we just ain't got the time to, to fit it all on one podcast. But I get that. Thanks for coming on. 
thank you very much indeed. Really appreciate it. Jack, is it true you want to open a pub when you retire? I've, uh, I've heard this, this rumour floating around. Uh, I've got a pub, mate. Already? I've already got one. I'm on the I'm on the road to to it now. Yeah, I've got my uh, I bought my old local with one of my mates who actually runs pubs for a living. So uh, to a pair of brothers. So yeah, I've got my old local pub, which is pretty cool. Uh, and and you haven't invited me down for a pint yet. I mean, that's outrageous. I don't think you make it down there, mate. It's on near Land's <laughs> End, mate. It's I've Newland. got a car, mate. It's fine. I can make it work. <laughs> you know, uh, you don't have to come up with excuses, but. Listen, the next guest is someone that I feel like because you've got this business, um, you know, maybe you could pick his brains. He could be could be handy for you two to have a chat because this man not only successfully opened the restaurant in Hackney uh, in London, but also opened it to rave reviews as well. So let's welcome Chef Tom Brown onto the podcast. What's going on, mate? Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Not too bad. Not too bad. Right. First things first. Tell us about starting up um, your restaurant, Cornerstone. It's sort of a bit of a roller coaster, to be honest, like... I think it's everyone's dream, every sort of chef's dream um, to open their own place. And like, I mean, with me, I, I'm no sort of mastermind behind it. I just like thought of it on a very simple basis of like, what do I like about restaurants? What do I not like about restaurants? I'm going to do the thing that I do like and take away the things that I don't like. So I didn't want any sort of, stuffiness or pretentiousness or excessive formality i wanted it to just feel like a nice warm friendly environment that served what i like to think is good food and you know people just sort of latched onto that i think sometimes people overthink things you know what i mean they 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 overthink like business strategies or they overthink the food or or and if you just literally think do things that what people think are nice, then they'll come. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If if you if you build it, then they'll come. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, so um, yeah. So that that was that really. Um, two two and a half years down the line. Just to bring it bring Jack in because obviously you know I want I, I want you guys to to connect. Maybe you can have a pop up in Jack's pub one day or something in the summer. <laughs> yeah. Come and do some part-time shit. We've all that spare time I've got, man. <laughs> you know what I love about that? It was it was so chilled and so casual, but um, Jack's taken it for gospel. So you do realise <laughs> yeah. that... Uh, that he'll, Jack's he'll got probably, a solicitor in the background. Yeah, he'll probably message you on Instagram after this. Like, re- remember remember when you said that thing on the podcast? You, you've got to come yeah. down. Mate, I've got that, I've got that booked in already. It's 30 Monday. Where are you? <laughs> Tom, I, I wanted to ask you about the pressures of running a business. Especially, you know, 2020, it's been a a mad year for everybody and there's a lot going on. So how has that affected you and how how did you make sure you managed to survive lockdowns or the various tiers and all of that stuff? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's almost like a a cliche to, to say now about how nuts this year is. But like you can never it's one of them things you can never account for. Like I remember I was at a. I was at a um St. Patrick's Day party just before obviously the lockdown and everything. And everyone was talking and it was just when the sort of corona just started really kicking off over here. And uh one a chef called Richard Corrigan said to me, you know, we were chatting about it, and I was like, you know, we we've we've got enough money in the bank for a month or two. He's like, No, you need uh, uh, have you got enough in there for a year? And I was like, Come on, a year. And he was like, No, serious. But when you think about it, it is nearly a year now, right? Like, you know, we've opened various times. So but I mean, we're just lucky that um that everyone almost everyone is in the same boat to an extent 
because you know normally if you've got one business that's suffering the way that people are you, you know you, that's just because it's a, a business that's suffering right but it's the world as one so landlords are obviously sympathetic about it um suppliers everything's in the same boat we're just on that for for both of you then because you know from similar neck of the woods food culture in the southwest and in cornwall where you grew up i want to find out a little bit more about that and you know maybe for, for you tom first how important is that to your cooking do you try and bring it into into what you do i think definitely the uh the southwest obviously plays a huge part in in what i do um mostly if nothing else because it's the produce that we use right so having that experience and that exposure to to great quality seafood and great ingredients and obviously working with someone as amazing as Nathan Outlaw um you know that that without that I wouldn't be where I am you know like uh can't teach someone how to sort of recognize that quality without visit without seeing it firsthand every day like when when i was working with nathan at, at st Anadoc, um one of the things that we did in the summer was um it was someone's job to get in the car in the afternoon drive down to the pier and pick up the fish off the boat now you can't replicate that in london obviously but when you when you've seen something at that level you just can't accept anything here so when i first moved to london that was my biggest concern was, is the produce going to be as good? And luckily the channels are there now when the supplies we've used for so long that we know how to get it. But I think if you've not been exposed to that, like, um, then, then yeah, like you, you, you know, it plays a, it does play a huge, a huge part in what you do. What you're saying there, actually, Jack can, can vouch for because you, 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 uh, you're, family business is a fishing business and you used to go and meet the meet the trawler when it was coming in with your dad on board right i can vouch for that 100 percent, mate yeah obviously with my old man being a fisherman uh so i just remember when i was a kid mate like growing up it'd be very rare for us to have you know chicken beef turkey anything like this because obviously with my old man being out of sea all the time when he'd come in uh they'd be out for eight days at a time he would come in and then we'd have like and like now I turn my nose off a bit about it because I've had so much of it. But with you know scallops, lobster, crab, monkfish, cod, haddock, you know like anything. Mm. So like every single day of the week we'd be having something to do with fish. Nice. Um, whereas now I go out to restaurants and stuff like that, and people are like, "Oh, I'm gonna have the lobster and spending like thirty quid on a lobster," and I'm just thinking, <laughs> I can't think of anything worse. And I'd rather just have the burger. <laughs> Just because it was, like, honestly, we'd we would probably have a Sunday roast, uh, and that would be the chat time where we'd have beef or chicken or yeah. something like that. And I, I look back at it now and think, God, you know, we had scallops most week, we had monkfish most week, we had lobster, you know, every other day. Just because whatever the whatever the boat brought in and whatever, whatever we had a lot of, that's what we'd feed. Nice. You'd come and put it in the freezer, and that would be us. That's that's what we'd be eating for the week. So uh, I definitely know you can definitely taste the difference between fresh and not fresh. See, no, no wonder Jack's the way he is, you know what I mean? Having lobster and scallops and all that every night for dinner. Jeez. Well, listen, Tom, thank you very much for uh, for coming on. Uh, I've enjoyed chatting. Hopefully, when uh, we go back to the real world, myself and Jack will be yeah. able to come down to the restaurant for real. Cheers, pal. <laughs> See you later. Nice one. Bye. So, Jack, most nights when you've finished recording this podcast, you often slip back 
you know, into your man cave, wherever that is now. I could be in there now, actually, because I, I only see what I can see in the background on this on this video. Um, but you, you're into your video games, aren't you? So you, you slip off and you stick the headset on and you get into a little bit of, what is it, Call of Duty, FIFA? What are we talking about? Our virtual world, mate. It's literally all the boys that we play with. Uh, so all of us have PlayStations, Xbox. Um, but yeah, Call of Duty, Fortnite, uh, a little bit of FIFA, but I've been scarred from FIFA now, so I've not played it over the last couple of months. Why have you been scarred? What's what's the deal? So I actually played against Ryan, uh, who obviously plays for EA Sports and and he's a Red Bull athlete as well and represents Man City. And he gave me a bit of a spanking, mate. I'm not going to lie. I think it was like six. I, I scored a goal against him, which I was quite happy about, but I think he let me. Um, but I think he beat me by six goals at least. He was messing around in the penalty box in the end and I lost my head a little bit. Well, we're we're going to get that story <laughs> from Ryan when we welcome him onto the podcast in, in, in just a few moments' time. But when it comes to FIFA... Um, you know, are you any good? Would you say you're moderate? Where where are we on the scale? I thought I was good, mate. I thought I was above moderate. I was like, do you know what? I've, I can hold myself here. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, I've I've learned that I'm probably way below par. And I was just it's a bit of a self-believer, a bit of a self-rater. And I'm, I'm not very good at all, to be honest. What about in the Chiefs dressing room? Um, where would you rank yourself oh, there? I'm, prob- I'm you, probably the best. You, yeah, the I'm top. the best. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the best among the Chiefs, so I'm not going to lie. Mac of Vinopola, when we're away of England, we obviously play a lot of PlayStation when we're away. We've got a bit of downtime. He's very good. Ellis Genge is very good. Mako um, is probably the best, yeah. But um, down here, I'd, I'd back myself against some of the boys, most of the boys. And, and I've, I've heard you in the past as well, um, you know, in other interviews, talking about sometimes in training, you, you and the boys, you play football. Is that right? We try to. You can you can imagine a bunch of twenty stone blokes running around a field kicking a football around. It's not it's not pretty. Actually, speaking of FIFA, then let's bring him in. The man who gave you uh, you did you say six one spanking something like that. It might have been more, mate. Well, we'll find out <laughs> from the horse's mouth. Actually, up next we're going to be joined by one of the world's best FIFA talents, Ryan Pessoa. He regularly finishes in the top 10 European rankings for FIFA Ultimate Team. And in 2019, Ryan signed for Manchester City, having represented the club in last season's E-Club World Cup, in which he reached the quarterfinals. There he is. We got Perfect. you now. How are you guys doing? Yeah, not too bad. How are you, bro? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. I had a busy day, but yeah, I'm pretty good. Well, hang on. Busy day doing what? What have you been doing? <laughs> we have qualifiers for like FIFA tournaments today. So it's been... Like hectic today it's been so busy and was it successful was it was it a good day for you um it was a good day for me but the tournament the way they host it is like reliant on your teammate as well so it's like you, ha- you both have to win to go through and I wanted my teammate lost would you ever have Jack Noll as your teammate because he likes to play <laughs> FIFA he claims he's the best <laughs> FIFA player uh, at the Exeter Chiefs but uh, the last time, <laughs> the last time you two played each other, I'm hearing that um, he got absolutely annihilated. Yeah, if he was my teammate, it would be tough. I'd have a lot. Mate, of work to Ryan, do, but... <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> mate, you you promised me next tournament <laughs> I could be your partner. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> We've got a lot of work to do. A lot of work. <laughs> yeah, way more than a lot of work. That's for sure. Uh, just <laughs> yeah. just on that, actually, Ryan, I'm guessing you know because of what you do and and the kind of notoriety that esports is getting now and the fact that it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and everybody wants a part of it. Yeah. Have you kind of played against many other professional athletes and celebrities and people like that? 
Yeah, there's there's a lot, as you said, that the popularity of esports is like growing dramatically, especially over lockdown, because obviously some people who perhaps like played against some other artists as well, like musical artists like Krepton Cole yeah. and um, Anthony Watson as well, also rugby player. But there's so many people where obviously their day to day life, when I guess in a normal day to day life before the pandemic, they would have a lot of time where, or not a lot of time, sorry, to play computer games or have a lot of leisure time. But now, as you said, there's most people are at home anyways, but a lot of people still do work, but they have a lot more free time. Who was the best um, famous person that you've played against? Crept. Certainly not me. Right. With Crept and Conan. Yeah, yeah, not you, Jack. With, with Crept and Conan, is it, is it like one of them takes the, the D-pad and the other one takes the, the, the X circle square and triangle buttons or what? No, we played we played separately. So one day I played Crept. Crept was... Uh, yeah, Crep definitely was better than Conan. I say Conan was, what I say is the worst I played. I probably say he's the worst. Man, I'll take that. I'll take Jack? that. That is a that's a bonus from me. I think Jack would. I think he'd beat him. <laughs> I'll be honest. From what I remember, anyway, I think Conan really struggled. The, like this, this really needs struggled. to get set up now. We we need to make this yeah. happen somehow and film it for what for the wood for the wooden spoon. Sure. <laughs> Jack, Jack, I'm not playing that game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, 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 come on, get involved. Put your money where your mouth is, mate. Um, Jack, when you were growing up, did you, were you always a, a computer game guy? Did you, did you, I, I mean, you can tell it, you can tell somebody's age from what computer game or console they had when they were a kid. Now, I don't want to, I don't want to reveal too much about myself, but let me tell you that I <laughs> did have a um, original Nintendo with, with Duck Hunt Jesus. and Mario, Super Mario Brothers. Uh, so, so Jack, were you playing video games? I don't think I was bought, and I don't appreciate that. I don't, Jesus, I don't, by I don't, the way, Ryan, just, 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 just. To, to, I, I Nick, I don't think I was born at that stage, mate. Sorry, Jack. I, said, I, don't, th- I don't think. I... <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. Leave it out. You I lot. had a, I had the, I had the PlayStation One, um, and I was on that was like Rayman, Crash Bandicoot, and then I obviously upgraded to the PlayStation Two, where it was Need for Speed Underground Two. Uh, rugby rugby games are pretty good. Yeah, uh, what else is good on there? Um, there's a few games on that, but I've always been PlayStation, so I've kind of gone up through the PlayStation games, to be honest. Do you know what? As because I'm a music guy as well, as well as talking rubbish about sport, uh, I had I had Need for Speed Underground Two as well on the on on the PlayStation, and that was it, on the soundtrack. They had Lil John and the Eastside Boys get low, didn't they? As one of the songs. That's the song, uh, mate. On the soundtrack, <laughs> and I just remember. Yeah, I just remember <laughs> driving around, bumping that. Because um, I'm, I'm also one of those guys, it was, when, when it's an open world game like that, I'll just drive around for hours just not doing anything. Yeah. Just drive around, like crashing the car and just doing stupid stunts. But Ryan, what, what about you? When, when you were growing up, when did you realise, actually, I'm pretty sick at games here. I'm slapping everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my first console was PS2. That was when I was... I want to say nine or 10 years old. So I, was, I played that until I didn't get PS3. I went to Xbox actually, Xbox 360, because when I went to secondary school, all of my friends from like my classmates and stuff, we all played Xbox or they all played Xbox. So I didn't want to be the odd one out. Like it's weird because mostly you think everyone played PlayStation, but yeah, these guys played Xbox 360. I remember playing Need for Speed though on PS2. Mm-hmm. I remember that, but I always grew up playing football games primarily. So I played FIFA, but I'd also play Pro Evolution as well. So I'd literally balance both the games when I come home from school. That must wherever. have been hard because it's they're, they're it was, like, square, it's, square shoot, they, circle they're very shoot. Different, you know, there's a big, big change. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The thing is, the don't thing take the weird, mick, mate. You got slapped. <laughs> you know, you can't be over there taking the mick when he, he beat you eight nil. 
No, but the thing the thing that shocks me is when I was younger, I don't understand why I didn't change like the buttons. I kept the buttons the same, like the default. So I would shoot on on FIFA with circle, and then shoot on Pro Evo with square. But I never changed it. I just thought I just my mind sort of registered that I'm playing a different game, so it just changed when I changed the game. Just love the challenge. That makes sense, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I played that up until I think I stopped playing Pro Evolution maybe two. I think maybe Pro Eleven or Pro Twelve. But as I said, I played FIFA throughout the whole way. And when I went into secondary school, literally, it could have been maybe a three or four year period where none of my friends beat me. What's interesting about that is you said you, you, you maybe lost like five games or you didn't lose a game in that massive period of time. It's a little bit like the yeah. uh, the Exeter Chiefs season last season. <laughs> yeah, Jack, exactly. You know what I mean? You guys <laughs> going up and down the country, slapping guys on the rugby field. <laughs> yeah, on the rugby field. But I remember similar story to that, but not as probably good, but... We used to play in our academy house together. Uh, obviously, me, Slady, uh, Luke Kowandicki is probably the best gamer at the moment. He streams and everything like we mentioned before. But I remember yeah. like games being so, so boys so into it. Like everyone would be in the room watching. And then Henry Slade used yeah. to hate losing. Um, so I remember I used to beat him on Rugby 08. And in the end, we ended up having a fight because I think he threw my controller he threw my controller <laughs> at the floor and it smashed and I was fuming I was like mate that's my, that's my PS3 controller go you know, you owe me a new one so we ended up having a fight about it just because he lost he hated it but <laughs> I, can, I can tell based on you know the, the conversation between the three of you guys I can tell that he is the guy that gets wound up by stuff and you lot don't let oh, it no go way. like that the whole bad breath thing <laughs> I could tell he hated it and straight away you lot were just dropping it in the combo <laughs> We know how to wind them up, mate. Let's talk about esports then. During the lockdown, there was a there was a tournament where they had celebrity representatives or you know people that yeah. were like fans, uh, but they they could be comedians or sports people or actors or whatever. And um, yeah, I just wondered, Jack. I know you don't you, you don't necessarily support. Do you support a football team? No, I know you, you you're not a big follower of football, so that that might be the problem. But say if somebody approached you to be part of a a, a celebrity or a sports person tournament, would you be interested? Yeah, definitely. As long as I could play with either Cristiano Ronaldo or Messi in the team, would be right. <laughs> You basically just want to pick the best teams. <laughs> yeah, the best team and the best players, mate. <laughs> I don't blame you. So you obviously you represent Man City when you play for them and stuff. Is it like bragging rights then? Yeah. So like Man City, like, yeah, do you know what? We've got the best PlayStation player. Um, sort of, yeah. But it's like, it's really hard because, how can I describe it? The way I was seen or like our game structure is for a like competitive season. It's so hard to like label anyone this year as like the best player just because we don't, you can have maybe the best player in Europe, even though like the season's just begun, it's almost impossible to call, but it's probably, it's more so of a thing, just having your players represent you at events. Like obviously the more events you make, the more attraction it is, the more publicity as well for the club. So there's something in it for them as well. And there's pretty much a lot, I'd say there's a lot of global teams as well that's involved, like PSG have their own team. Um, who else? There's quite a few in other leagues. Uh, I can't even think. My mind's gone blank. But basically, every league had their own global structure for their e-league, like the French league, the German league, the Serie A. The Italian league is new this year as well. The La Liga, the Premier League. So yes, there's just different ways to represent your club. You can imagine like the weekend. Oh, we beat you, but yeah, don't worry about that, mate. You may have beat us on the field, but we beat you on the PlayStation Four. So yeah. it's like... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. outside of gaming, though, actually, you were. You were quite a, a talented sprinter, I believe. Is that is that correct? Tell, yeah. tell me about that. So you used to run 100, 200, 400 meters? 
yeah not 400 my stamina is not that good but yeah growing growing up that was pretty much the aim when I was a kid like even in in primary school I remember they used to have competitions like sports days and stuff and I I remember I was in year five and the local secondary school obviously you have to be like 11's got secondary school obviously in the UK but um, I remember they they asked my primary school for me to run for them because I was going to go there anyway because like my siblings went so I used to sprint from god knows how long like that was the aim I remember like all the teachers used to tell me like you're going to end up being on TV, rah, 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 all of this stuff. So I was sprinting, representing my borough, representing London as well on many occasions. And I say, when did I stop? So when I was 16, I had like a football tournament and I injured my foot, I remember. And I sort of had like a, it was a, I say the pain at the time was like ridiculous at the start. But then when I went to the hospital, they said it was nothing, blah, blah, blah. And so I carried on sprinting, going into tournaments, doing well as well. Football tournaments, still playing with my school and my borough and stuff. I could still sprint. I remember before the operation, they said, because it, it turns out it wasn't nothing. It was like a double fracture, but I, I never knew. So I was, I was literally playing football and sprinting in tournaments and stuff. And I remember like after the tournament, my foot would swell up so much. I couldn't even put it back in the shoe. Like that's how swollen it was. But yeah, I kept on playing with it and stuff. And I had the operation. I remember the, the surgeon was like, basically there's two pins on like the top side of my foot, like on the inside to keep like the bone in place. And they were like, you'll never be able to sprint again. And I was like devastated. This was like before I was into esports and stuff. So like athletics was literally like what I wanted to do. And I had the operation and I was still able to sprint, which is good. Like you said, the operation went well, but like my speeds drops, like dramatic. Like I still, for exercise, I think I ran, I want to say like it was 11.3 after the operation. Okay. For 100 meters, what were you, which is still like pretty quick. What was, your, what, was, what, what was your personal best time though? Okay, so there's two. So when I, I ran for my borough, it was 11 flat. But then there was another one where I ran for like my, it was like for PE, like for our GCSE um, exams. But like, I don't count this because it's like my teacher. Yeah, it's a dodgy <laughs> timer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It was, I didn't even feel like I ran that quick, but he was like 10.8. 10, I he was like running around. But I don't think it was that, I feel like 11 is the most accurate just because when I ran, I didn't even feel like I ran that fast compared to like the 11. The 11 one I, I knew yeah, I was yeah, yeah. like running at full pace, but the 10.8 one was like, this doesn't seem right. I feel like he was getting that to try and like boost yeah. his ego in school. For like, was, I don't know. He was just but... trying to gas you up as well. Um, like, yeah. well, well, Jack, <laughs> you play wing and you've got to be fast to, to, to play on the wing. We, we, we discussed this. Do, you know, have you two ever had a, had, a, had a race? I know you've played on FIFA, but have you ever had a race in real <laughs> mate, life? Mate, it would dust me up, mate. Uh, I would, it would though. dust me up. I would mate, I'm about 40 kilo heavier <laughs> as well. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Listen, Red Bull need to line this up. They absolutely have. We've lined up so many things on this podcast, I tell you. <laughs> yeah. Right, Ryan, it's, it's, it's lovely speaking to you, mate. Um, I've, I've very much enjoyed finding out about this world of esports because it's growing rapidly all the time and it's only going to yeah. get bigger. Also, respect on the branding behind you. Love that. Is it a mini fridge? Yeah, so I've got a fridge and I'm able to get like all the stuff inside it. It's perfect, literally perfect. Got Red Bull mini Especially fridge. like when I'm playing yeah. Yeah, late nights. I just have to, to keep it going. Yeah, yeah, no. And, and is a rematch going to be on the cards fifa we're talking here not not a sprinting one because you obviously haven't done that yet <laughs> i'll play i'll play jack whenever you want mate he'll play me whenever he wants because he's gonna dust <laughs> me up again mate I, i've only i've only just yeah. got over it no we can play some 2v2 as well yeah yeah we, we played like, we, yeah. we actually played together didn't we for one of the we, games we played so well yeah, yeah. We played so See, that's well, what yeah. i mean mate you need you need me as your partner yeah. You're basically you doing all the work, Ryan, just, just running <laughs> yeah. around. You know, which player have I selected? Which one? What's going on? Yeah. Basically. Uh, listen, Ryan, thank you very much for coming on, mate. Take care. No worries. Cheers, Take care. Cheers Ryan, man. Um, there you go.
we've 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 arranged the rematch, Jack. Um, do you think you can do better next time round? He is he is a bit of a wizard at that game, mate. Do you know the weird thing is like he I played him at a start of lockdown, and he was saying and I was speaking to him. Obviously, we were speaking on the mic, and we had our computers set up as well, so we could see each other uh, like this. Um, and he was just dropping in the fact that he was he played against Aguero like a couple of nights before and stuff like this. And I was just I was just like. That's mental, mate. Do you know what I mean? Like you're playing against me this tonight, and then you're playing against Aguero last night, and of course he won as well. He said, but he is—he's very, very good, very good. So there we go, fresh trims to FIFA. That was decoding your sidelines, Jack. Um, very much enjoyed that. Um, and we're back next time round for decoding my body on the line. And when I say my body on the line, of course I mean yours, because. I'm just sitting around in, 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 in my house, not really putting my body on the line at all, to be completely honest with you. You up for that? I'm up for that, mate. I'm up for that. How long have you got? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you're nursing this little toe injury that you've got. <laughs> Hope you've enjoyed this episode of Decoding Athletes as Jack gave you a little insight into what it's like to be an elite rugby player. Remember, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe for free at Spotify, Apple, Amazon and all major podcast platforms so you don't miss any of the new episodes as they're released. And while you're there, give the podcast a rating and let us know what you think of it or who you'd like to hear next in the reviews. There are video versions of all the episodes and loads more, including Series 1 of Decoding Athletes with eight-time BMX Flatland world champion Matthias Dandois, plus a whole host of incredible sports people for you to enjoy at redbull.com forward slash decoding. Until next time, bye-bye.